can be added to it or taken from it. It is God's purpose that people should fear him. In recent years here at MCOC, we've really witnessed a time for every purpose under heaven. We've had the Genesis 6 years of intentional work and careful planning and great effort. We've experienced the Genesis 7, Genesis 8 years in which we hunkered down, we held on, and we prayed. My friends, I think that we're presently opening to a Genesis 9 kind of experience. A a kind of time that shows that opportunity for, well, a purpose under heaven. And may I say frankly, it's time to get back to work. It's time to get back to intentionality. It's time to get back to planning. It's time to get back to evaluating. It's time to get back to organizing. It's time to get back to the plow. We, elders and staff here, leaders at this church, are fully expecting a year unlike a year that we've seen in many, many years. Genesis 9. The chapter that calls Noah back to work starts with these words. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Later, he says, then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. Later still, he says, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. You know, I feel like that's exactly where we are. The storm of COVID, while not fully eradicated, has calmed. The storms that have plagued us of division and ideology and racism and problems, while never eradicated, have calmed. And I think in this moment, God breathes a promise to us, a renewal of his covenant, a reminder of who he is and who we're called to be. He reminds us of his plans for us. He reminds us of his desire for our well-being. And he reminds us of what his kingdom is designed to be and our place in it. And I think it's time to get back to work. In fact, we've been getting ready for eight months For this day. Eight months. Work has been done every single week to get ready for this day. And you might ask, well, what have you been doing? We as a staff, as a leadership team, as elders have been meeting and praying fervently. Listening intently. Studying hungrily and planning diligently. Early last year, we reached out to a church consulting group called Be One, Make One, an organization that was founded by two wonderful, faithful gospel preachers that you know very well, Anthony Rex and Chip Pugh. And over the course of these eight months, they've been leading us through a prayerful process to discover how God would make this year a great year of renewal, revival, and restoration for the MCOC family. To that end, we've spent a lot of time crafting a vision statement that we're very proud of for 2023. And we believe that it's going to direct our course this year and for years to come. We've worked hard on that statement. 
then in just a moment I'm going to share with you, and it's going to form the foundation for the next four weeks as we unpack this, looking at what God has in store for us. Alongside of that, we've worked hard to develop a series, a set of nine biblical principles that we want to govern our year, that we want to look for as the guiding principles as we shape our church culture, shepherd our leadership, and reach out to our community. We've created a, a great vision, a huge, audacious vision, a series of some 12 five-year goals that we're placing out before the congregation of where we want to go, and each one of them broken down into three-year objectives and one-year objectives and 90-day objectives and 60-day goals and 30-day intentions. All of this over the course of the next several months, we're going to be rolling out to you with excitement and enthusiasm because we believe God has great, great things in store for the MCOC family in 23. Our first step this morning, though, is just to introduce to you this 2023 statement, casting a vision of what we believe God has in store for us and the people that we are desiring to be. Now, I told you that over the next four weeks, we're going to break this down and look at it in detail. But this morning, what I want to do is just set the stage, give you a couple of terms and vocabulary that we're going to be using so that we can begin to embark on this journey together. And the first two ideas that I want to put before you are ideas that come straight from the pages of Scripture. And they are the words mission and vision. Mission and vision. First, mission. Mission is that which God has clearly told us that we are about. And mission is not unique to the MCOC family. Mission is something that is universal for the church itself. We don't create a mission. We don't adopt a mission. We accept the mission that God has given us. And the mission for the Lord's Church is the same right here in Marysville, Ohio, as it is in Cincinnati or Columbus or New York or Chicago or Beijing, China. It's the same mission. God calls us all as his people to have this mission and to carry out his mission. It's among the very last things that he left with us here on the planet when he went up to heaven. And it's something that we have sitting in front of us in plain sight every single morning that we walk into this room. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. The mission of MCOC is the mission of the church in its broadest, most universal sense. Make disciples, baptize, Teach, abide. But vision's a little different. Vision asks, how do we live out the mission and best fulfill this mission in the unique context that God has placed us in? To set a vision, to, to cast a vision, we have to first look within. And we have to say, what, what are the strengths and abilities, talents and gifts that God has given this unique body of people? Where are our strengths? Where are our resources? What are the things at our disposal? And we have to look outside of us. And we have to look at the community that we're striving to reach, and we have to ask, what are they needing? How can we meet those needs? How can we reach those souls? How can we fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ in the unique community that God has placed us in? That's vision. That's vision. You know, in doing this, we've strived to follow the pattern of Jesus himself. 
in, in Luke chapter 15 and again in Luke chapter 19, we have what has been commonly called the mission of Jesus Christ. When he says, I came to seek and to save. That's his mission. That's why he came. But you see, Jesus Christ came with a vision, a goal of how he would go about that. In Luke chapter 4, one of his very first public unveilings, it says this, starting in verse 16. He, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Scholars have called this Jesus' vision statement. It captured the way he was going to go about the carrying out of the mission that God had given him. And so we're striving to be like Jesus. To accept the mission that God has given the MCOC family. To make disciples, to baptize, to teach, to abide. And to fulfill that mission in the very best possible way. Solomon, again, this time from Proverbs 28, famously says, without vision, people will perish. Without an intentional way to go about the fulfillment of God's mission, we will fail to accomplish that which we are called to do. So, with that in mind, how do we at MCOC go about the business of being on mission in the very best possible way? Go ahead and give me that next slide. And this is what we want to share with you this morning. To make it easy, we've incorporated our name, MCOC, in it. And here's what we strive to be about in 2023 and beyond. Making disciples. Cultivating unity. Offering hope. Celebrating Jesus. And we want to remember this. We are imperfect people, loving a perfect God, and sharing his perfecting love with all. This morning, I'd like to <clears throat> ask you to dream a little with me. As we think on this, what would it look like if the 160 of us who make up the MCOC family really embrace this as a personal objective for the year. What could God do with a congregation of enthused believers who are committed to living out his mission and fulfilling a unique vision in our community? How would MCOC impact our community if we really lived this? 
Can you imagine what this room and this community could look like one year from today if we committed 365 days to living this out? Now, let's take it on a little bit more personal note. What about me? What about me? In light of the mission that we've been given, clearly our in light of the vision that's cast before us, I look in the mirror of self-reflection and I ask myself the question, what do I need to do differently to serve this vision? How does Jeff Darby need to change to be able to be an implement through which God can carry this mission out? What changes need to be evident in my life? What needs to increase in terms of my engagement my service, my giving, my generosity, my love, my volunteerism. How can God specifically use me as a small part of filling out what we collectively will be doing? And I hope you recognize that I'm asking you to join me in those self-reflections. Let me put a bow on this by pointing out something that you already clearly know. While it's true that Solomon is correct, without vision, without an understanding of how we're going to go about putting the plan in place, we fail at the mission. We understand that. But let me very quickly point out something that's been a guiding principle for us through this whole eight-month process. We're aware that all the vision casting in the world is not going to accomplish our goals. The setting of goals is not accomplishment of goals. The casting of vision is not the living out of a vision. And all the values and visions and goals and evaluations and plans and good intentions that we could possibly muster up, that we could throw up on slides, that we could put up on papers and create in documents, will amount to absolutely nothing if God's hand is not in it. Real success is found when our values, our vision, our goals, our evaluations, our plans and intentions align perfectly with God's will, with God's plans, and it is his power that enables them. And here is where I would encourage us to dream big. To dream big, remembering that Ephesians chapter 3 tells us that we serve a God who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine. Let me tell you, we're imagining big things. We're dreaming big dreams because we know we serve a great God. And we take him at his word. That he is able to do immeasurably more than we can possibly dream. So we invite you to join with us in dreaming big dreams, in imagining a beautiful and amazing future, and in joining together hand in hand with the work that will be taken, undertaken to bring this to fruition. And all of this, first and foremost, step by step aligned with the will of God. This is our goal. This is our dream. This is the vision. Let's pray. Dear God, we 
stand on the precipice of a new year, a new opportunity. And we join in with a world around us that sees a new year as a hallmark opportunity to do just that, to, to envision the new. Forgetting what is behind, we strive to move forward. God, we need your direction. We need your guidance. We, we dare not take a step on this on our own, but with your wisdom and empowered by your mighty hand, God, we want to boldly step into a new year. And we want to take great strides in reaching this ever-growing community for you. God, please bless us in our humble efforts. Help us to be the family that you call us to be, that you desire us to be. And may we make a profound impact on this community in the year to come. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You know, that closing line of our vision statement was one that we spent an enormous amount of time working on. We are imperfect people, loving a perfect God and sharing God's perfecting love. Can I just close this morning by acknowledging the truth of this statement? We are far from perfect. But what we have going for us is that we serve a perfect and that this perfect God shows us a perfecting love. A love that in grace sent his son to die to cover the sins of our past and to continue to, in grace, bear with the sins ongoing as we strive to be the people that he calls us to be. And that's the message that we share with our community. We are imperfect people who have been blessed to come to know a perfect God. And we want every single one in this community to know about his perfecting love. And this morning, that is the appeal that we place before everyone. Do you know that love? Do you know a perfecting love of a gracious God who loved us enough to send his son to bring us into his family? to forgive us of our sins and to give us purpose and meaning. This morning we want you to know that if you've never accepted that perfecting love, that invitation is before you right now and nothing would bring us greater joy than to meet with you and pray with you to talk about the next steps that you need to take in accepting his love, becoming his child, having your sins forgiven and the, the beautiful act of baptism and to be added to his family. There's no time like the beginning of a new year to embrace the possibility of a new you and acceptance into a new family. And if we can help you with that, or if we can help you with anything at all this morning, we want you to know that we stand ready to do so. Our leaders meet in the back of this room, and we would love to greet you. We would love to visit with you, to pray with you, to help in any way that we can. If we can help, won't you let that be known as together we stand and sing.